Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and uh, we're going to talk some games. How are you doing, Bren? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's been... Uh, it's at least cooling down out here, so I'm not just constantly on fire and sweating my ass off. So that's a bonus. Um, yeah. I've also been extremely, extremely stressed out, uh, having to do with nothing legitimate, uh, but because of fucking Cuphead. So. Oh, God. Yeah. I might get shingles again from this fucking uh, game. I can imagine that seems like a very challenging game, and we're definitely going to have to get into that. Yeah, we can talk. Um, about How about you? What have you been up to? Nothing much. Uh, Halloween came and went really fast, so that that's a thing. I feel like everyone's already on to Christmas, and I'm like, what about Thanksgiving? Oh, my. I went to <laughs> some store just to pick up, uh, I forget what, it was just like CVS or something, and it was, I think, the first day of October or something around that, so they're putting up Halloween decorations, and right next to it is fucking Santa. Like, they're not even hesitating Immediately. anymore. It's, it's just September to... January 1st, it's just Christmas time now. <laughs> and it's just, at this point, I don't care because there's so much worse things going on in the world. I, I don't have the resolve to continue fighting this weird holiday war. Yeah, but the good side of things is we've mentioned in the past that this is like the best year for games like ever. I mean, like just the other week, we had three games drop on the same day, uh, Wolfenstein, uh, Odyssey, Mario Odyssey, and, um, Gosh, I always forget the other one, but whatever. Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Yes, that's why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <sense>. very forgettable. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's what I mean. So, And Super Mario Odyssey is keeping me super busy. I guess let's dive into some of the games. What have you been playing first? Uh, you mentioned Cuphead. I guess we can kind of get more detailed with that. Uh, it's pretty much just been Cuphead. I finished uh, Super Hot, but that's because it's really short. Um, the initial playthrough is really short, and then... It's all replayability is the appeal to it. So you can replay with different challenges. You can set your own challenges if you want. There's different challenges it makes for you. There's an endless battle mode where you just keep fight, see how long you can keep fighting. Is there anything like time trials? It seems like it could benefit from that. I'm yeah. not sure, though. When you do challenge mode, there are, it unlocks a first mode. And then to unlock more modes, you, you beat the previous mode. But it also unlocks speedrunner mode. And that's yeah. speedrun in real time and speedrun in game time. So those are the first three challenges that are unlocked. And I can't do the speedrun for real time or game time because that's really tough. And you have to be like pinpoint precision because like some levels only the speed for some levels is like four or five seconds. So like I understand it slows down in game, but still like you got to memorize it down to like every footstep and like mouse movement. So it yeah. can be real precise. And I. The game's great. I really like the game, but I don't care to do that. Um, besides that, though, I did all the other challenges up to the speed runs. So it is fun. It's real short. Like, you know how if you play, I think, like an hour of a Steam game, you get a trading card up to four cards. So it's up to four hours. And then you can sell those back or do whatever with. Yeah. I actually had to struggle to play long enough to get all four cards from Super Hot because <laughs> I, I did pretty much most of it within three hours. So it's really great and it's really fun to play over and over again, but it's, it is pretty short because it's, it's Interesting. based around, you know, time and being quick and stylish. So I, I still would even recommend it for, I think it's like 25 at full price. I would still recommend yeah. it for that. I still think it's insanely worth it for that price. Totally. Yeah. I, I gotta get it. Yeah. It's real good, especially anytime it goes on sale, which it's been out for a while now. So it goes down 
to like ten bucks. But besides that, yeah, Cuphead. Uh, God, goddamn, God. So damn. like, how far would you say you are like percent wise? Do you happen to know, or is that kind of just something you'd guess at? I'm not sure. For anyone who's played it, I just got to like Dice Island, I think, or like Inkwell Island Two, I think it's called. Um, you start off on like your own little foresty area, and then you go to like a gambling centric island where it's kind of like the villain's base because he's King Dice, who's the like right hand man for the devil. So I got past like four or five, maybe six bosses, and like two running gun levels. Um, okay. So like I'm 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 safely out of the tutorial area and like the easy zone and like now I'm getting to like the real tough bosses because it gives you the option of playing at least where I am right now I think three or four bosses like you just choose which one you want to fight and I'm I'm really hitting a wall with all of them like I'm I'm having trouble beating anyone and we're getting further and when you die in Cuphead it shows your your progression on that stage of like how close you were to like checkpoints in the end it's maddeningly infuriating how many times I've gotten to, like, the very end if I survived for, like, one more second and I died. It uh, just happens so often. It seems like, especially with that game, it happens a lot, so it's just... yeah. But that's what, you know, keeps you going. It's like, alright, I almost did it, I can do it again, and then you just die 30 more times with no more progress. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a great game. Um, I understand the complaints because I'm pretty decent at bullet hells and I, I like to think I'm pretty decent at platformers. And even for the, me, it's really tough. Um, so I think it really comes down to as beautiful as the artwork is and amazing it is that it's all hand drawn. It doesn't help with the hitboxes. So for some of the villain, some of the enemies, you would shoot like part of them or the very edge of them and it wouldn't count as the hitbox. And in the game, you only have three lives and you can get a bonus item to get four lives and it'll make you weaker overall if you do that. Okay. And there's no way to get health back in any of the levels. So it's like, once you're hit, you're fucked. Like it, sometimes I'll do a boss battle, and if I get hit within the first like phase of that battle, I just restart, because yeah. there's no way I'm getting past like the next stage. Uh, I totally know what you mean, and that's that's frustrating, but also, I don't know, I, that's like nostalgic to ha- some of the older, really tough games that were out there. Yeah, it's tough. I would just like... Maybe just every now and then there's a chance to get health back. Like if there's a specific weapon that's really expensive or just like every one in 20 battles, like they'll pop in and give you a little heart. That's hard to get to, but if you get it, you'll get health. But just having no chance of getting health back and only three shots like before you yeah. die is real tough. And it's it really relies on the co-op because I forget what there's another game like this where it's really tough single player and you could die a bunch. But if you have co-op, your friend, your partner can revive you so okay. y- you can revive each other endlessly but i think you only revive with one health um so that sucks but you can just keep doing it if you're quick enough so it i would say it's definitively easier on co-op solely because of that like simply that because of that mechanic perfect sense yeah so I- i'm really enjoying it but god damn like it it is tough like people are saying based on a lot of things but i think the hitbox and precision it requires is kind of it could use some fine tuning. It makes it harder than it needs to be because of uh, the mechanics. Okay, so, we'll see. That's a fair review. Yeah, I'm eager to see what you think when you finally uh, complete it. Yeah, it's. I mean, I already love it. Like just simply the amount of effort and work put into it. I'm a sucker for the old timey cartoons. Like I was raised on that style of cartoons, so I'm super biased. Like just for that alone. Um, but it is. 
it's a solid game. It's like $20, so it's even cheaper than Super Hot. So there's no reason not to buy it unless you don't like platformers or bullet hells. But it's, totally. it's real good. Nice. Yeah, I've been on this Super Mario Odyssey, like, binge for a long time now. And it's like, I, I guess I'm probably, I, what I anticipate is halfway through the game. I could be entirely wrong, but if you've been playing, listener, I'm at the part where it just seemed like I was going to power up the Odyssey enough to get to the Metro Kingdom, which I'm like, oh man, that's the place with all the humans. I can't wait to get there. And then as you're flying to the Metro Kingdom, there's like an interaction with Bowser. His like pirate ship flies through the air and like uh, basically you have a confrontation with him and it's like a, basically a boss fight with Bowser mid game. So I'm like, all right, this has to be like a halfway point or something. And you beat him up with his own hat, which is kind of goofy. And then he mm-hmm. flies away and you're ship the odyssey gets shot down by his ship and then you end up in this lost kingdom instead of the metro kingdom so i'm like fuck so i don't know i'm in the lost kingdom right now and it's it's really a fun game it's i don't know i really enjoyed galaxy one and two and they just had a special vibe i almost wish it was like make mario galaxy three for the switch but this odyssey thing and cappy it's definitely unique and they they utilize it so well in like in very interesting unexpected ways the mechanics of how you throw this cap on different enemies and different animals and objects like it all like makes the world interact and come alive in ways that were never thought possible before and i'm really enjoying how clever it is around every corner that you like think like oh that looks a little suspicious or that what if i just kept going this direction like you'll be rewarded if you have those if you have that mindset of a gamer that's like a completionist or like trying to look for like little easter eggs and shit you'll just find all sorts of extra treasures and stars like it's really cool how they integrate the levels with all sorts of shit that you Mm. can find so it's really jam-packed with like goofy awesome stuff i'm loving super mario odyssey and like i said i think i'm halfway ish and i I just don't want it to end there's such great (laughs) games and if it is anything like galaxy it'll be like okay you got all the stars and did everything you can do now you have to do it all over again, but this time they're like yellow or something. <laughs> it's like I don't know, yeah. like I think or green in the Galaxy games, but uh, I'm not sure. Well, well see. I know in Mario 3D World, um, it had like, oh, you beat the game, cool. Here's like the star levels where it's like I think ten maybe levels that are harder than all the other levels, and then once you beat those, it's like cool. Here's more star levels, so they like they plan on you beating it pretty easily or pretty quick, and then they have end game stuff. You're absolutely right. I did hear the same thing. And even as I'm traversing through the different worlds, I notice in each one, there's like this giant metal block and you can't do anything with it as of right now with the skill set that I have as Mario. And I'm like, okay, well, that probably means once I'm done with the game, I'll come back and these blocks have turned into something I can do, like mm-hmm. go into a new world or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's my guess. I think it's cool, like the mechanics of possessing different things. And I think it's, Interesting that they both they had that along with the realistic graphics, if you want to call them that, uh, yeah. added into such a cartoony world as Mario. Like you, you get the you know Mexican uh, skeletons with the sombreros, like shaking maracas, like they're still overtly <laughs> cartoony, which are great. But then you have like the kind of pseudo realistic uh, T Rex and like people in New Donk City, and it's weird bashing that into a Mario game as well as another pretty big mechanic change as uh, Cappy and possessing them. So it's weird yeah. seeing that like all at once. Like there's there's so much new to it, but I've heard it. It seems like so many people around uh, my work are playing it. Everyone's talking about it or playing it on their lunch break. Um, yeah, 
except for me. Uh, but it's it seems like the consensus I get from them is like the bosses and probably overall the whole game is just too easy. Like it yeah. seems like everyone's blowing through it real quick. I saw a guy. Uh, you collect moons in this one, I think. Like yes, correct. Moons. Yep. I saw a guy on Reddit saying he just ran through and collected as many as he could, and he uh like you put them onto your like spaceship. I guess it's like fuel. He uh put in I think four hundred like seventy one moons in one run. Like he collected all those like at one go before he um you know dumped them off into the ship. Damn, I don't even know how that's possible. Like that's interesting. I'd have to look into that. But that's what I mean. Yeah, each you collect them for like each world that you're in, and then uh you like dump them into your ship, and it like builds the sh- the sails for somehow. Like I don't mm-hmm. know, it transforms the moons into the sails, and then depending on how big your sail is, you can travel to different places. And yeah, that's still ridiculous. Yeah, it is. That's what I mean. It's not a hard game at all. Collecting these moons, it's like. It, there, there's certain ones that may be like slightly tricky, but this thus far, I haven't found anything that was like, I need to look that up. Yeah, it seemed like it was because they were kind of complaining how it seemed too easy to collect the moons, how they're just scattered throughout the, all the levels. And I was thinking with Super Mario 64, once you got a star in a level, it shot you out of that world and you need to go back in. And it kind of made it feel more important because you only had one go at a star, like per star. Then you had to go back in and get it again. Whereas this one, like I said, the guy ran around the worlds and collected over 400 of them in one shot before he had to, you know, drop off somewhere. So it doesn't seem, I don't know, the, the sheer number of moons in this game and apparently how easy they are to get, it seems like they don't have as much, uh, allure to them. They, they don't seem as special because of how simple it is to just run by and be like, oh, there's one. Let me just run, you know, let me oh, get this one animal, jump up there real quick. Oh, I got a moon. Like, there's so many, they're so plentiful that it's like literally like you'll just turn a corner and there's one. So like it's, yeah. a lot of them aren't special. No, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, it, it, it seems like a great game. I feel like I can't trust any of the reviews though. Cause it just seems like it's, it's Mario on the Switch. It's fucking 10 out of 10. Everyone loves it. Like, you know, it seems like no one can actually review it. It seems like everyone's just immediately on board for it. No matter what, it, how it actually plays. So like, I don't really trust the reviews. Just because that yeah. like Nintendo bias of like everyone's childhood, but it definitely seems like a good game. It just seems like I said, it just seems too easy. It seems like they just want you to explore the world, and there wasn't really much of a challenge. Or maybe that's the end game. Maybe after you beat the game, those are the hard levels, and just people haven't got to them yet, or I haven't heard about them yet. Yeah, I'm eager to th- hear what I what my thoughts are after I've beat the game because to me right now I do feel like i would agree that so far it's overrated like by like the fans because it's like such like a franchise that people are like obsessed with Mm -hmm. but i do like and yeah i do agree that it's a little too easy and even there is even an option as you start the game that it's like do you want the i forget what it was called but it's like the hold your hand option where it's like Uh, tells you what to do and it's like i said absolutely not like i feel (laughs) like this game's already going to be easy enough and i was right so i don't know Overall, mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of fun, though. It is one of those games that you just kind of get to relax, solve some puzzles, g- like, find some stuff, like, interact with cute characters. Like, you'll you'll find Toad in the weirdest places and be like, oh, oh yeah. Toad. And it's like, I don't know. So that kind of shit, it's it's great because it is a Mario game. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future has in store for that franchise. But then again, it all, that franchise pisses me off. But it's not the <laughs> franchise. It's Nintendo. Because, what, I think I overheard or read somewhere that the next Mario Party game is going to be called, like, Mario Party Top 100 or something. 
And it's only for 3DS, and it takes all the Ooh. previous Mario Party games and takes their best mini games and throws it into this one. And I'm like, ah. God, I want to play that. I really would. What? It'd be cur- it'd be cool. But the thing is, I want it for Switch, but because I don't have a 3DS, and I don't. <laughs> it's like, why can't you just make it for both? Oh God. I think they're definitely capable of like, especially with the Switch and being portable and the different screens. I think it's definitely capable of being made. But I don't know, that doesn't seem interesting to me because so many of those mini games were the same thing, just slightly different between games. So yeah. like a hundred and eight how many did you say a hundred and eight? Or just I'm not sure. I think just a hundred total, but even still, still it's like it's like a best of. It's like one of those like commercials for a, a music album, like the best of this artist. It's like the best of Mario Party. I it could be yeah. fun. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think a good part, like those games, some of those games were fine. A lot of them sucked. Like a lot of them were just like, oh, I hate this one. But I felt like most of the fun came from the actual board game element of like you playing a board game with your friends, but it's yeah. just with Mario characters. And it's like, oh, uh, Doug's got three stars. Cool. He's a jerk because he just happened to like walk that way on that path. And I didn't. <laughs> What's this? Yeah. I got a boo whistle and I just stole all three of your stars or the chance time where you swap coins and stars with people at random. Like, yep. And the terrifying moment of like that was the most fun for me. The mini games were cool to like, you know, fluff that Fill time. time. You're right. No, you're totally like a competition. right. But beside I thought the main part of that was the board game. And at least I think in Mario Party Eight, where everyone's in the same car and traveling around the board together, like that defeats the whole purpose of that. Oh so, god, that's lame. Yeah, I really think last least was it last eight? One, I thought I played eight. I, I could be wrong. I'm not maybe sure. not. The last definitive one I knew was good was like four. That's when it was okay. like still going around a different board game sort of world. After that, I don't really know them, but because they all kind of got worse with each one. I so, think if I'm not mistaken, either eight or something had Tycoon Town. And that was like my favorite one where you're like, you go around the board and you basically uh, you invest your coins into the hotels. And then depending on how many coins you have invested you get certain amounts of stars and stuff. That was kind of interesting and fun and added a new twist, but that was just that one specific map as compared oh. to the other ones. Yeah, I'd never heard of that. This seems like a weird Monopoly game. Like, that's kind of interesting. And funny, I was actually going to bring this up. Uh, there is Monopoly for Switch, and it's <sighs> like, okay, I would love to play. It looks great, but there's a couple complaints. First of all, $40. I'm like, ugh, I'll just wait because yeah. no thanks. Like, I'll just, that should be a $20 game. And regardless, it, the main complaint, though, and the reason that it's getting a lot of press and attention is people are complaining that to load the game, it takes six to seven minutes. True. That's a long load of time for a, that for can't, a fucking board that, game. Yeah, that can't <laughs> be a demanding game. It's, it's not, not an open world like Witcher 3. Yeah, <laughs> even Witcher didn't take that long, even on like, low <laughs> settings. Like, that's weird. That is very weird. It's like, is are you going to patch that? Like, maybe that's another reason to wait. The price will go down and it'll load faster because that's pretty absurd. I don't know. My main complaint with that game is it's Monopoly and Monopoly fucking sucks balls. Yeah. No one knows how to play properly and it goes on forever. I don't know if I've ever officially finished a game of Monopoly. It's just until everyone's tired and just says, fuck this. Yeah, it just had shiny new graphics, and I was like, that looks fun, but nah, maybe if I get gifted it, but I, I'm not going to go out of my way for it by any means. No. Um, And then the other game that I've been playing, and I forgot to mention on previous episodes, and it's probably old news by now, but we're still waiting for episode three, is Life is Strange Before the Storm episode oh, right. two, and by God, I was like worried. I'm like, I hope it keeps up the pace. I hope there's the cliffhangers. I hope it's all good. 
and I played it in two sittings. By the my opinion by the end of the first sitting is ah it's fun and it's just like way slower pace and I don't it's not like gripping me this time around. And then by the time I finished the episode, I was like, what the fuck? So like it totally had me gripped and I was like, okay, so it's a slower episode for sure, but there's a lot of things to unpack and it gets really interesting. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. We're going to most definitely going to have to have a spoiler episode, whether you watch a Let's Play or we get somebody else who's played it on here, like Mark or something, because I know he's playing. Mm -hmm. It's just an incredible game. I... I love the original, as most of our listeners know, we, most of the team here at ABTS were like big fans of the original Life is Strange. And we were all skeptical going into this. I can honestly say this is like just right up there. I'm, it's going to be both of those games are going to be in my top like five or 10 games of all time. Like, and I didn't see it coming. And it's not like, I don't know. It's not for everybody. I feel like there's going to be some people that play this game and are like, that was not compelling at all. Fuck that. But like, I don't know, it's just, yeah, and my girlfriend, for uh, but she also enjoys it, but it's not like, where it's like me and Mark, like, we're like, I don't know, Fanboying our hearts are it. bleeding, yeah, yeah, we're just like having like heart attacks and freaking out. I don't understand why it affects us that way, but it does, <laughs> and it makes, it makes it that much more special. Like, I do really enjoy the franchise and gotta give it credit where it's due. I, I think the game's pretty bare bones by itself like for a video game it's pretty just linear and like almost telltale-esque yes i think it's just compelling writing and character development sucks you guys in because i know mark's a big character guy like so if if he's like if he's watching a show or a movie or something and the whole thing is undeniable garbage but he really likes a character he'll say (laughs) he'll like that overall because he liked that character so much and that's fine but i think that's the compelling part of it and i know for your girlfriend she didn't like chloe in the first one so I yep. feel like that's a good chunk of why she's not really into this one because it's all about her. Exactly. That's you, you totally called that. But another thing that makes it compelling in that regard is the cinematography and the music selection. It's just like that too, it, yeah. it, it drives the emotions home so hard. It's literally like a masterpiece. I'm like, if this was like an indie like movie, like they're crushing it right now. I, I just love like there's just the way they shoot certain scenes are just like oh this camera angle's like upside down and then like it makes sense like i don't know they're just really talented uh visionaries and i they've done something really special in how they tell their story so i'm having a blast with that really eager to see what happens in episode three because there was a cliffhanger that i didn't see coming at all and it was just some of unavoidable shit it's really exciting Mm -hmm. um but yeah I'm curious though if these guys at Don't Not like are telling, they want to tell stories and it just happens to be through video games because that's what they were developing other stuff for. Cause I've played plenty of games where I'm like, this is a great video game, but this would be a shitty movie or show. Like I wouldn't want to read or care yes. about the characters or the story, but I enjoy being in it and having some, uh, presence in it and controlling it. Cause like, I was like, no buddy about Witcher. And he's like, ah, I, you know, I, I want to get into the world, but I want to play a hundred hour video game. He's like, what about the books? And I was like, uh, I don't know. If I had to read the books, I might not care. I mean, I haven't. I've heard great things. It's clearly good enough to make a show and a video game about it. But like, some of the characters kind of are flat, but they're cool to fight with. But if I had to read like a 400 page book about them, I, you know, I might not care about Geralt. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean though. Like, that's a total valid point in. It being a game for, like, it, it makes sense for the medium. Like, they really mm-hmm. utilize it well, even though 
Yeah, because I wouldn't necessarily want to watch Life is Strange, the movie and or TV show. Like they could make it impressive and, and like compelling in its own way. But like I much would rather prefer to control the decisions in a telltale way. So like it's cool how they blend it. Yeah, but I'm curious if without those decisions, if it is a game still, like if that is all it comes down to, like a lot of Telltale stuff. But I mean, I guess both in Life is Strange and Telltale, they have like quick time events and people would argue whether or not that's actual gameplay. But there was like one uh, scene that sticks out in my mind of episode two that like your impact, your decisions really do impact the outcome of it. Like there's a play that you and Rachel perform in and like Chloe's not like just got expelled from school so like you're not like expecting her to be performing in a play but some some shit happens that you end up in the play and you have to memorize uh lines and shit and if you don't get the lines right like the the professor is like all upset he's mm-hmm. like a, the drama teacher's all like really upset that you didn't get your lines right but luckily I did uh and then also you can like influence if Nathan comes out and does a good performance or not and apparently I fucked that one up and I was like damn it so I don't know it's cool uh that's one of the other things I really enjoy about the game is at the end of an episode you just kind of reflect on what your decisions were and the percentage of other people who made those decisions and it's always interesting seeing ones that you're like oh I didn't even know I could do that or ones Uh that were like oh I'm really glad I did that because everyone else did (laughs) The fucking birds in the first life is strange. Uh, or like, the oh, plants. The plants. Or the plant, that was yeah. even worse. 95% like overwatered it. It's like, yeah, because we didn't have any perception of how much time was passing. I thought it was week to week. And they're like, no, it's day to day. And it's like, well, yeah, of course I overwatered it then. Like, you yeah. didn't tell me that. So, uh, but like, I remember at the end, it's like, oh, you didn't save that bird at the end of this episode. It's like, what bird? I didn't see a bird. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I felt so bad. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, great games, great series. We'll be doing a spoiler episode probably by the time episode three's out and we all play it, because why do three spoiler episodes? We'll wait. Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion our opinions won't be very different from the f- last spoiler, a.k.a. you and Mark loving it and me being meh, lukewarm to it. it. Though at this one, I might be more uh, disinterested, disinterested in this one. Yeah, I do have a couple of complaints, but we'll save it for that one. Um, yeah. Let's see if there's any kind of newsy show topic stuff we can throw out. There's Ooh, two games that are, I guess, on the horizon that maybe I'll just mention for our listener if you want to look into them. Um, there's this game called Mulaka, M-U-L-A-K-A, and it just looks really like colorful, interesting. Um, I'll give you like the little pitch on it. I'm on their website right now. It says dive into Northern Mexico's breathtaking landscape with new Mulaca, a 3d action adventure game based on the rich indigenous culture of the Tarahumara renowned for their impressive running abilities embark on the journey of a Sukurame, a Tarahama shaman as you fight back to foulness, corrupting the land. And I'm going to need really an cool. English, English version of this. Like I didn't understand half of that. That's what I mean. So all of the like, yeah, I, I'm probably butchering the pronunciations <laughs> as I always do too. But it's just basically, um, you're in like a desert land. You're like this like crazy looking character with like this spear thing and you just, it, it's very colorful, polygon, like minimalist style. Mm-hmm. Something to look into. I think it's going to be available on Switch, Xbox One, PS4, Steam. So all the regular stuff if you're trying to get your hands on Mulaka. And then the other one... A lot of that sounded Hawaiian. Like, I'm reading it now. It sounds like Hawaiian, not Mexican. Yeah, I, that is interesting. That that makes sense to me. Um, huh. The other one is called Ure, and I remember I heard about it on DLC, Jeff Kanata's one podcast uh, with Christian Spicer, and 
I remember him saying it. I'm like, what the hell? Ure. I'm like, so I start Googling like O-O-R-A-Y because I couldn't like, I was like, how the hell do you spell that? And I couldn't find anything. So I tweeted at him and he told me the correct spelling. It's O-U-R-E. And it's very like Journey-esque vibe uh, indie game for PlayStation. I think it's an exclusive if I'm not mistaken. Um, it, it's just came out on the 30th of October, so it's pretty fresh and it looks like one of these really interesting, like experience games, like, I don't know. Yeah. Journey meets Abzu, I think is even exactly what, uh, Jeff Kanata described it as. And that's a very, a good description if you ask me. So I'm very interested cause I did get, I did play Journey, Abzu, um, uh, what was the other one where you turn into a dragon? I, I, f- I forget, but this, this one even oh, involves dragons. Sure. So I don't know. Looks really interesting. Uh, Green light. Uh, it it seems similar to Malaka, and the, um, usually these games, if they were movies, they would be Oscar bait. They would be just clearly following the same pattern a lot of award winning games get, like Journey and all those. And it's a very isolated character, usually a younger character, maybe a child or a young adult. Um, going on a crazy psychedelic adventure but it's pretty minimalist and it um a good chunk of them are cell shaded or low polygon and a lot of them are fine a lot of them are good like they're quality games but so many of them are now are doing the same thing like within this episode you brought up two that are pretty similar like that's what i mean i that's why i bring them up because i love that style and i'm interested to see like if they're as good as their predecessors or the games that they're like kind of living up to the style of yeah, I like them too, but like I feel like before this was kind of a niche genre for video games. It and was. I feel like with these getting more and more popular, it's getting pretty flooded now to the point where I'm like, I might not play this and I don't care if I don't because I got a good feeling of what it's going to be like. Yeah, me too. I, I just want to see if any of them are secretly compelling in their own regard. This one, I, I'll read some of the features since I'm checking it out. It says, soar through the clouds as a dragon, exploring the world, hunting down artifacts non-violent gameplay so it's going to be another one of those just like sit back relax maybe have a drink and just space out while you play like this dragon's dream game yeah i mean i'm sure it won't be like bad like it seems qualified like it'll be functional so but i just i need a reason to play this over just replaying journey or replaying or uh, that game rhyme i that's another one that like yeah i want to play that I'm not sure though. I just need I need a reason to play this game in particular over these other games already in this genre that I know are definitively good versus taking a risk on gambling twenty bucks on maybe this game's not good. Oh, um, but Bren, the reason is you. And the reason is you. No, Who's I staying? if if that's the reason, <laughs> that's a bad reason. I do not like me, and I don't want to play me in a game. Oh um, Jesus! But like even um bounds, if we go back to that. That was at least completely different where it was like just polygons. It wasn't even like very stylized except for the actual cutscenes. But like it was pretty, it was super minimalist. Um, but the, you controlled it like a ballerina, like the character danced like a ballerina. Like that yes. was a lot of the mechanics. That's interesting enough to get me to play. They, they at least tried something different with that like genre of like lone wanderer. Uh, I really enjoyed games. that game. That game was fantastic. Yeah, that's interesting enough. This one just seems, these other two games just seem like, you're a single adventurer, uh, it's, uh, what's it, The Last Guardian, but without the big guardian. Like, it just seems like it's really falling in the shadow of Colossus genre, and, eh, I don't know. I'm not saying they're bad, it just, it seems like that market's getting pretty flooded lately, and 
it's you know you don't want that oversaturation it's probably because all the developers started making their games at the same time being like yo this is what's hot right now and now they're all finally getting done yeah that happens a lot that happened a lot like even like limbo and um feist like that was a similar thing like it happens a lot and that's uh not a great thing of just doing what's popular right now because then you get saturated markets and then no one cares like even if your game's great there's so many other games that are similar that you'll never people won't find it so and maybe who knows maybe they weren't thinking that maybe they're like i want to tell a specific story through this way but it just happens to be popular right now and it seems like a lot of games are doing that so Either way, I don't think it's a money grab because it's only for twenty dollars, and God knows they probably put a lot of time and effort into making these. So yeah, I, right. it's not it's not a money grab game where they're just turning over assets trying to as cheaply as possible to turn a buck. But it's just unfortunate that like I I can't tell the difference with these games anymore. Like they all just kind of blend together. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Still indie, and I do want to support. So I I just mm-hmm. wanted to bring them up. Ure O U R E. Mulaka and uh fuck what was the other one right yes sure <laughs> why not because they're all the same anyway yeah there we go <laughs> uh yeah some other games though that i had an eye on that uh were kind of different uh one oh god this goes way back we just we've been so busy we just skipped over it up till now <laughs> um it's called boyfriend dungeon Oh, Christ. <laughs> and it's kind of an isometric top-down dungeon crawler and also a dating simulator where you're dating your weapons. And presumably, the better relationship you have with them, the stronger they get. Because if they don't do that, that's a very obvious game mechanic that you missed on. Um, But from what I can tell, it's not, like, super integrated. It's it's also just, like, they just got announced it's not coming out to like, 2019. So it's, like, a ways off. But for what it seems like, it seems like it's sort of a Bastion or Last Transistor side of isometric like that adventure game, dungeon crawling. And every now and then there's a dating sim where, you know, just the cardboard cut out of the person slides out, the background changes, and you just have a dialogue, uh, you know, conversation with them. Between uh, inanimate objects as in weapons? Yeah. Or do they have like faces? Well, it's like, as much as I hate this. It's the best comparison. Uh-oh. It's like Bleach or Soul Eater, <laughs> where it's a One weapon. Jack gamers is cracking uh, up right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they're all super pumped right now. Um, but it's like that <laughs> where it's a weapon, but it has the soul. Uh, has the soul of someone in it. Like I don't know if it's a soul of someone trapped in it or if that's just the soul of the weapon. But they have a human form. Like, and one of them even looks like it might be a cat. Like not a cat person, just a straight up cat. Great. So I don't know how that works. But it seems like it's just a dungeon crawler and a dating sim, and it's just mashed together. It doesn't seem super well interweaven. Like it seems like this seems like the different game mechanics are very separate. So I'm I don't well, like I said, it's not coming out for another two years. So I'm keeping my eye on it, but I'm not you know holding my breath. It could very easily just be shitty with a cool idea. Yeah, maybe so, they'll fix it up, like weave it better, because it's yeah, you never know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it it could be a neat idea of actually you giving a shit about, like, instead of just, like, Breath of the Wild, where you're getting a thousand weapons and just throwing them away when they're broken. Oh, like, it's the worst. I hate it. If anything, it'll just give me an excuse for why, like, I'm a weapon hoarder in every video game, where, like, even Divinity, thank God for, like, infinite backpack space, because I just hold on to everything, and I don't use any of it. But it's like, I might need this potion one day. It's like, I haven't used a potion in the last 60 hours of gameplay. I'm not going <laughs> to use this one now. But... 
for whatever reason, I hold on to it just in case. So yeah. in uh, Breath of the Wild, at least you do like build a relationship with your horse and stuff. So that, that's kind of in a, in a, on a weird note. And that's one yeah. thing I wanted to bring up earlier, but totally forgot. And it's real brief. Uh, there's this one shrine where I was playing with the Switch in handheld mode. So I got the Joy-Cons attached to it playing. Mm-hmm. And this fucking shrine is like, you have to tilt the Switch. It like the Switch correlates with an object on the screen and it's a maze that a ball will drop into the maze and depending on how you're tilting the switch you have to navigate this ball through this crazy path and then get it over and dude it is so fucking frustrating one of the hardest things i've ever had to do and like it gets uber weird like out of whack not calibrated correctly after Mm -hmm. you're fucking around with it too much that's a big complaint with that one Dude, I'm freaking out. Like, I was having such a hard time with this. I'm like, God, I'm just going to fucking leave this shrine and come back. I, I guess I don't necessarily need it by any means. But then I had the thing so uncalibrated and out of whack that it got to the point where the ball dropped, the the object's upside down, so the maze is irrelevant. It's just a flat surface now. And mm-hmm. it just, like, bounced off of that into the place where it needed to go and rolled down a ramp where I needed it to go. And it was, like, the most... <laughs> unbelievable stroke of luck i could have ever asked for because i'm like this is a total bitch but another thing i noticed about it was i'm like on that object was a chest i'm like how the fuck is link ever going to get over there and if you position it correctly you can go up the ramp and then jump over and use your like parachute thing to glide over and get the item and i did do that eventually but i think it was i took a break after using it handheld and went to dock the the system and as i played it on the tv i had the pro controller instead and but god damn it doesn't <laughs> control so much better using the pro controller tilting that thing than mm-hmm. the actual switch itself so if anyone's running into that trouble by all means don't play that shrine handheld because it is a total bitch and i got extraordinarily lucky and i i would never want to fuck with that again but i bet i might have been able to do it the hard way with the pro controller, but I'm glad I don't even need to fuck around with it because that was a total pain in the ass. So sorry, just something I had to bring up. <laughs> no worries. I've I've seen people do that where they flip the maze over on the flat side and then they just lob the ball over yeah. all the way over. Like they just say like fuck it, don't even try. But because that kind of works better sometimes. It did, and I was completely accidental, and I was like, wow, I lucked out. I was yeah. very happy. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it, it, if it works, it ain't stupid, right? I mean. Well, that's uh, not true. It was I, stupid, yeah. <laughs> we both have jobs, and we're pretty dumb. Yeah, I don't know how we get lucked out. Yeah. Um, but uh, what else is going on? Oh, uh, BlizzCon's going on right now, so that's going to date this episode. Uh, but uh, for a while now, there's actually a petition going around for Overwatch to make the ESRB, the that's the... Uh, Rating depart- system? Yeah, that's the department that like rates video games, like M-rated uh, teen and all that. Yeah. Um, there's a petition going around to try and get uh, the ESRB to declare loot box as gambling uh, for like Overwatch and uh, pubs, uh, player on a battleground and stuff like this. And uh, was it Shadow of Mordor? Yeah, Shadow that's War. a good thing, right? Because I think they should definitely do that. It's tricky. It's super gray area. And they've released an official statement saying like it's not technically gambling because gambling you can lose. But in the loot crate systems, you always get something, regardless of how worthless it is. So, like, in uh, Overwatch, for example, there's different tiers of items, like, of rarity. White, blue, purple, yellow is, like, is the rarest. 
So okay. no matter what you get, you're always going to get a white. Or There's always one guaranteed blue and up to three whites. And that's the worst box you can get. The best, I've seen someone get three legendaries in one box. So even if you get shitty stuff, you're still getting stuff. Whereas gambling, right. if you bet on something, you lose money, you lost. You're not getting anything. So that's kind of that seems to be their biggest argument for why loot huh. boxes aren't gambling. Okay, but at least with Overwatch's case, you can't buy you buy loot boxes directly. You can't buy stuff uh, specifically. You can just buy enough loot crates where you get duplicates of everything, and then once you get duplicates, those turn into coins, and then those in-game coins you can buy stuff with. So it's not like a direct uh, put fifty bucks in, you get fifty bucks worth of in-game currency system. But there's other games now like shadow of war and stuff that are really implementing loot crates and are ruining the rest of the game for it so like on shadow of war you can get stuff that affects your stats based on the loot boxes and this is a way to try and trick people into putting more money into the loot boxes to get more and more and more but it's all a chance so it's kind of like a a a vending machine or something or not a vending machine a coin machine for like you get those little uh plastic cheap toys and like a 50 cent quarter machine yeah it's those so you're still getting something but you might get a thousand of the things you don't want before you get the thing you do want and next thing you know you already spent four hundred dollars on it oh christ yeah so it's it's a weird gray area of like technicality and people want to classify this as gambling so kids don't get tricked into this because a lot of these games especially pub is really popular with the young kids now and they have a loot crate system so they don't want kids funneling just thousands of dollars of their parents money into this and not getting what they want and just keep doing and developing gambling addictions because it does hit the same part of your brain as gambling of just like ah you know i'm close just one more just one more like overwatch the they release the stats for china but not the u.s but it's fair to say they're probably pretty similar right you're likely to get a legendary in one in every 15 boxes so say if you don't get it you're just like keep going keep going like every 15 i'll get a legendary like i'm almost guaranteed a legendary so it's kind of the same thing with gambling. Yeah, and then when you do get that, the, the dopamine rush, it's like an actual psychological effect on you. It's just like you're you're definitely going to want that again. And it's, I don't know, yeah. it's a real thing. That's why gambling is a problem. And I, that's why I was saying it's a good thing that they should try to push this forward so we don't have people more people having problems like this. But then again, I see what you mean by the gray area. And they also just need to nest, maybe spread more awareness rather than try to just be like, hey, you, you can't do this. I think it's very simple. I think a lot of the games developers and studios, especially the publishers, looking at you, Warner Brothers, don't be <laughs> shitty, greedy pieces of fuck yeah. that well, are just... Because all loot crates are... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say when our entire country's founded on it, yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's all loot crates are. It's just an easier way to get people to just funnel money into it. It's taking the microtransactions uh, policy of mobile games, and now it's being implemented in console games and PC games, and it's just fucking awful. And the only way it's going to stop is if people avoid games that have this or purposely don't do it. But that's never going to happen, because people are always going to just be more competitive, saying like, well, I want to play this game, but I also want to be better at this game than my buddy. And how do I get better at than him quickly? I don't want to spend money. all the time. <laughs> Throw money at it. And Shadow of War, it's, a, it's selling well. It's doing well in sales. And I hate it because it shouldn't. Because yeah. despite how good the core game is, the play and like the obvious game that people have worked on, it's just been so mutilated and butchered by Warner Brothers and all the developers. Like that, I, I don't want to blame the developers because I don't know what they did. But 
who put the DLC pack of the guy who died on it and putting a sales price on it and making money off that, making a good amount of money on that until people got mad about it. But now that people got mad about it, they they added it for free. And because that game's selling well, all that's telling Warner Brothers is, hey, people aren't upset enough to not buy this so we can keep doing this shit. Yeah. So I hate that this game's doing well despite how much I want the developers to keep working because some of it's good. But a lot of it apparently is just the same game. It's just Shadow of Mordor, just rehashed with a few, you know, new tweaks and polishes. But otherwise, it's just microtransactions to fucking all hell. And it just, I hate it because I know these games are going to keep selling and I know they're going to do well. And all it's doing is encouraging these shitty business practices. And I know if Bass was here, he would argue against me saying, like, it's not shitty business practices because it's making the company money and the company's supposed to make money. Yeah, I get that. I get that companies are supposed to just make money. It doesn't yeah. excuse that they're shitty practices. There's still ethics despite their goals. That ends don't uh, justify I, the means, sort of thing. Yeah, that's the root of your argument, and I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah, but is there any other game stuff we want to talk about? I have a fun fact before we wrap things up. Yeah. Um, speaking of, while we're still on Overwatch, they uh, with BlizzCon they just announced a new hero called Moira, who thank Christ isn't a DPS character; it's actually a support character. Um, <laughs> She's basically the mad scientist for Talon, which is the villain organization. And she can, she's kind of like a energy vampire. She can like suck energy away from people to damage them and give that energy to people on her team to heal them. Uh, she has like a ricochet ball that seems to bounce around and fuck with people. So that'll be interesting. And then her, she does like a phase step, kind of what you do in D&D, where she yeah. just teleports a short distance. Um, and it seems like her ultimate is just straight up a Kamehameha. Like it's just this huge beam at energy beam. That, I guess, depending on who's in it, can heal or hurt you. Damn. Um, so I'm really excited for that because I play a lot of healers and she looks really fun and I could do some weird stuff with it. Totally. At BlizzCon, they also announced Blizzard World in Overwatch. So I'm guessing it's a new map and a bunch of the characters are getting Blizzard-related property skins. So like characters from like Warcraft and Starcraft and Diablo are getting, they're getting skins in Overwatch. Um, so anyone who's a big Blizzard uh, fan, that's going to be good for them. Uh, Good news about loot crates, uh, Monster Hunter World isn't going to have any, which is amazing. Cause nice. That's essentially what that game is already. You go out on hunts, you hunt a uh, monster, and you'll get some parts of that monster guaranteed, and then others, depending on the rarity, you might not get. You have to hunt that monster like 10 times. Like That's the whole point of that game. So if you had loot crates, it wouldn't be a game anymore. Like That would defeat the entire purpose of it. Yeah. So, Thankfully, the developers on that and at Capcom aren't doing that. But they did phrase some stuff weirdly that makes me think there might be microtransactions, just not loot crates. So I'm still a little worried about that. But I'm getting super pumped for um, Monster Hunter World. And instead of trying to sway myself away from buying a Switch, because I can't afford it and I don't need another thing to pull my attention away, I might be getting Monster one of the Monster Hunter games for my DS, and I might just put more time and effort into the DS than getting a switch because i don't know there's uh, similar stuff yeah no you're uh, i just i'm so like torn now i'm just like i want them to stop making stuff for ds and just go all switch because <laughs> like, just because i'm biased yeah it was i'm biased the other way i already have the switch or i right. already have the ds so i just want to focus on that but it's it's also to stop me from just dropping another 400 on something I yeah need at this moment i hear um, you uh and uh what else dragon ball z fighter z the uh Dragon Ball fighting game that's being made by the Guilty Gear guys. That's going to be yeah. like really cool. Uh, that got announced for January 26th. 
So that's coming out in January, which is awesome that we Hell have to yeah. wait like, a full year for. Um, there's only like 18 characters in it, so it's not going to have the crazy Tenkaichi roster of like every character in existence. But there's going to be a lot more in-depth fighting mechanics to it, and like each character is going to be pretty unique. I hope each character is not going to just be like a clone, like in Super Smash Brothers. So it looks really cool. Uh, really cool. Looks really <laughs> good, and I'm getting pretty hyped for it. So uh, even though I'm really shitty at fighting games, like I'm really shitty at Guilty Gear still. But at least I got an understanding, and I'm, I was, this is going to be really fun. Hopefully totally revitalize the fighting community, at least for Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, love the characters in that world too. So that's great. Um, yeah. There's another thing on the horizon that caught my eye, and it was something they announced, I think, at the Paris event for PlayStation. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 episode Ignis will be available December 13th. So that's coming down quicker than I was anticipating, so I'm looking forward to that. I do have to finish Gladiolus, and I think I did Prompto, but regardless, I, I love the DLC, and Ignis is my favorite character of the bunch. I feel like I'm in the minority there, but it's <laughs> like, he's a goof and just cooks and shit, but like, I don't know, I just think he's a cool dude. He keeps his cool. He's like Piccolo, if we're gonna do Dragon Ball Z comparisons. God, love me some Piccolo. Uh, I can't say, because I really don't know anything about 15, but I, I feel like there's a good balance. I, I don't see at least online in the fan communities, it doesn't seem like there's one character leaps and bounds like the favorite. It seems like everyone kind of has their pick, which is a good sign of like good writing and character uh, yeah. stories. So that's cool to see. Um, oh, I almost forgot for Monster Hunter. Uh, there's going to be a beta for Monster Hunter World, and this is great because it's going to be the first Monster Hunter not exclusively to Nintendo. Or maybe not the first, but the first in a long time. Yeah. Um, so the beta is going to be open for PS4 uh, players and PS Plus members. Fuck yeah! I think it's only them. I don't think there's an open beta for like PC and stuff, unfortunately. But if you have a P- if you're a PS Plus member and you want to play Monster Hunter, the open beta is December 9th. So <laughs> hopefully this episode comes out before then. But <laughs> oh, it, sh- it should definitely. But that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that myself. That I'll definitely beta test that. It's great. It's a super grindy game. Like if you if you like the part of MMOs where you're just going out and like hunting with your friends or doing stuff, like it can be really fun. It, it it's gonna scratch that itch of my brain. That's uh the MMO part, but I don't want to be paying monthly to an MMO that I don't play. <laughs> right. So that's what I'm hoping for it to be like, where you can just put on a podcast and just grind for hours, and it just I don't know. There's kind of some sort of relaxing element to that. Yeah, satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, another uh, bonus for PlayStation uh, players who want to play Monster Hunter, uh, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn is going to yeah. be an exclusive character for the PlayStation console. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed Horizon perfect. Zero Dawn. God damn. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Like, she fits in perfectly to that world, like, as a hunter and stuff. Oh, so yeah. That's really cool. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be, like, DLC you have to pay for or if that's just going to be uh, in the game for PlayStation. But, yeah, that's a really cool add-on that i'm kind of jealous of actually yeah that's pretty sweet uh two more things yep animal crossing uh mobile got announced like a few weeks back so go buy money because i know a lot of people who are like really into animal crossing and i can't help but feel like there's gonna be a shitload of microtransactions into that yeah wasn't bastus super skeptical about that i we were just like isn't it gonna be a endless runner or something uh, n- from what I can tell, it seems like it's actually going to be a game, like a real kind of Animal Crossing game where you can do a variety of stuff. I don't know how in depth it's going to be, but it's it's not going to just be a was it Super Mario Run 
where it's just analyst runner with Mario. Yeah. Uh, which apparently still isn't profitable after a year. Nintendo's saying like they still haven't made what they were hoping to make off that. So it, it could wasn't be su- anything special. <laughs> exactly. So it it might have been successful where it got a shitload of downloads, but it didn't make enough money back for what it was worth, apparently. So hopefully that sends the message of like, hey, don't make just shitty clones. Like yeah. a fucking Mario clicker. But I don't know, Bass would probably be playing that too. <laughs> um and lastly, uh Microsoft has officially announced that the Kinect is dead. Yeah. So it's been dead for a while, we all knew that, but it's now officially in the ground and bang. got a tombstone and everything. Yeah, which thank God that was just poorly executed in almost every aspect. And I don't know. I mean, I knew where they were planning to go with it, but it was super ambitious, even for the technology we have now. Can we all take a moment to reflect on history and remember back to when they were talking about the Xbox Scorpio and how didn't they? And this is what what would become the Xbox One, or one just the yeah, Xbox One. one. One X and S. S. But this is just the one. And the thing is, I think if I'm not mistaken, they were like, yeah, it's got to have the connect and it's got to be connected to the internet at all times. So it's like, so we can literally, yeah, do the 1984 routine where it's just like big brothers watching you at all times. Like, and that was like a requirement of, and then they, they've got the terrible feedback from everyone being like, why in fuck's name would that be the case? And then they just dropped that idea entirely. It's like, Okay, so like I feel like they were working with the government for a little there, and then just kind of got called out and like, well, we can't do that. So they're probably the next iteration X and S. Oh man, I'm not sure. I'm getting I, a little too conspiracy theory. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll play the jingle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think they would be working with the government. I. I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft had a back door and allowed them access to it, but like, I feel like they're making this for other reasons, not just right. to spy on everyone, because the government's <laughs> yeah, sorry, doing that listener. anyway with webcams. <laughs> yeah, like, and our phones and everything. Yeah, yeah. let's not, get, let's not make singles. Like, the government's already doing this. I don't think, <laughs> yeah. I just don't think this is Microsoft's sole reason for making it. Um, but yeah, after that initial conference where they announced that and they're like, oh yeah, it's got to be connected all the time, everything they said about the connect they backtracked on and said like, oh, we can't do this. It can't be backwards compatible. It can't be this because it's just not in, it's not in design for that or it's not in the budget for that. And like within a month, almost everything they said they backtracked on proving that it was and they were just being dicks about it. Yeah. So just, I believe almost everything about the connect was uh, handled poorly and possibly the worst way you could have. Just nothing went right with this gimmick because it just didn't work. I don't know why they thought it would. It, well, I know why they thought it would because it seems like an easy way to make money because everyone would love it. But it just was so dumb. Like Nintendo already had it with the uh, with the Wii. Like they already were kind of there with the sensor on the TV and like scanning the room you're in. Like it was already similar, but just and PlayStation tried it with the PlayStation Eye back yep. in like early 2000s. And they also have the camera for the PS4 which I, I is not bad I'm I've told I'm told but I don't ever use it for anything motion related. Yeah, and I've seen people hook up like webcams when they're streaming through the PS4. But like it just it's so dumb. None of the games looked good. Like I remember they canceled they were working on a new Fable and they're like, "Oh wait, no, it's called Fable Journey, I think, or Fable Legends." And it was integrated with the Kinect, like you're driving a horse and carriage. Like, that was the whole game. It's like, why would anyone want this? This is dumb. And that uh, kind of effectively killed the whole Fables franchise. Also, Peter Molly being involved in any way with it killed it, too. Because he's a fucking sociopath who lies constantly. 
Yeah, the only the first two were good anyway, but I guess they uh, yeah TLDR they connected the dots and decided to kill it. Were you trying to make a pun there? No, <laughs> Doug, I'm gonna have to kill you too. We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> just add some room to that connect. Oh goddamn! Um, but yeah, thank God that's dead. I'm yep. happy with that. Uh, and that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, me too. And then the final little thing, I want to give a shout out to the No Time for Time Travel podcast. I heard Tony give me this fun fact. Uh, we're all familiar with the Matrix trilogy. And mm-hmm. you know how like there's like that crazy like the Matrix itself when you look at the screen is like the green text scrolling down the, the, the screen. And it's just really weird, like Japanese characters and all this like weird stuff. Apparently... Yeah. I always saw that. And I'm like, yeah, that does look Japanese. And I, I was like, it's just gibberish though. And numbers. And I, I think apparently all this time, uh, whoever created that is, is, uh, came out and said that it's actually sushi recipes. So, um, <laughs> so the matrix is sushi recipes. People, if, if you need a recipe for sushi, maybe just take a screenshot and learn Jap- Japanese, but that'll oh, do God. it for this I episode. Feel, I feel like that's just a perfect example of like people looking too much into this stuff. Or it's just like, oh, this actually secret means this, and this is actually this, and this is code for this. And then the author comes out, just like, nah, man, I was just like, fuck with you guys. <laughs> Basically, yeah, for sure. Because that oh, happens man. so often. That's uh, great. Yeah, but that's funny, though. Let's do some plugs. Where can listener f- listeners find you, Brent? Uh, ABTS Brendan on Twitter. And that's it, I think. I don't know. I kind of wandered around to LA aimlessly. So if you're in LA, I don't know. Maybe we'll bump into each other and I'll ask you for money because. There's enough homeless people. I just blend in. Oh, <laughs> uh, and watch Ancient Magus Bride. That's uh, it's out on Crunchyroll and maybe a few other uh, less reputable websites if you can find them. Uh, but it is an amazing series, and the anime just started, so it's on like episode four now. And I okay. can cannot recommend it enough. It's one of my favorite things ever. Like it's beautiful. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. And listener, if you like our show, uh, we have Facebook, Twitter twitch uh instagram all that stuff uh at abt silence um yes particularly twitch if you want to hang out with us while we do this live it's fridays at 10 p.m eastern standard time so come hang out in chat and um trying to think if there's anything else we should plug i was on a few episodes or weeks ago uh i was on the dumbbells and dragons podcast so definitely check that out and all the other shows on our network uh you could go to almostbetter.net for like a handful of Really cool, nerdy, fun podcasts, all sorts of content there. So check it out. All that good shit. Exactly. We will be back next week. Hopefully next time we'll get to play a conversation game. Sorry, I didn't have time for that, but we will next time. Uh, see you then. See you.